All right, how you guys doing tonight? Well, hey, listen, um, it is so good to see you guys here tonight, and um, here's what I know about this room. I know that everyone, all of us, we love a good story, right? And some of us, we love to read a good story. Some of us, we love to hear about good stories of something that happens to you over the weekend or over the summer, or maybe you guys even told stories already as you were here tonight with something that's happened this summer, even though we're only a few days into the summer. And I remember when I was little, I would always hear, when I would hear my granddad, my granddad was a really good storyteller. And every time he would say, once upon a time, right, I just got pumped because I knew, okay, here comes a really cool story, which may or may not be true, but here comes a really cool story. Now, how many of you guys, just a show of hands, You've got grandparents or parents or people that always start their story once upon a time. Anybody with me on that? Okay, cool. So things have changed. All right, so great. But this is what I know. I know that when, when that was those four words leading in, I knew that a really cool story was about to happen. Now, it's interesting how stories have changed over the years, right? Because it goes from things like Cinderella where there's really mean stepsisters all the way to Hunger Games, where you kill people, and it's a good thing, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy how stories have, you know, changed, and you guys sometimes, some of you guys, you may not know this or not, but you're a really great storyteller. You love telling stories, and we all can relate to stories because stories draw us in. Stories pull out emotions that otherwise sometimes don't happen. And I don't know about you, but I personally, I'm not a big reader, right? And so I love to watch stories. For example, I love movies, okay? And every movie, there is a story in the movie. Now, how many of you guys, just shove hands, you've already seen the brand new Captain America? Anybody? Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, let me be honest with you guys. That might have been, for me, one of the most confusing movies in my entire life. But, but I loved it. I, I, I couldn't follow it, but it was entertaining, right? It kept me not on the edge of my seat because I was in the AMC theater where they have the recliners. You guys been on there, over there? It's, it's the best theater we have in this, in this county. So I wasn't on the edge of my seat physically, but mentally, I was on the edge of my seat because stories and movies draw us in. How many of you guys love Marvel movies? Anybody with me? I love Marvel movies. I love the superhero deal, right? And so I actually brought just kind of a montage, just a montage of all the different type of Marvel movie characters. So check out. Give it up for Marvel movies. Okay, count of three. Count of three. I want to hear your favorite Marvel movie character, one, two, three. Spider-Man is Marvel. Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, here's the thing. We all love, we all love a good story. Because stories have the power, they just do, they, they have the power to draw us in. They, they have power to pull out emotion in us that we 
sometimes didn't even know was there. They have the power to affect people. And Jesus knew this really, really well. See, Jesus oftentimes, when he was in his public ministry, which was about three and a half years long, Jesus would often tell stories. He would often, to illustrate a point, to help people understand something, he would tell a story or he would have an object lesson because it would help them to understand it better. And what we would call those or what he would call them is called parables. And so what I want to do in this series is I want to take a look at four parables that Jesus told, things that he would tell you and tell me to encourage us, to help us know more about God's character to help us understand God in a different way than maybe we understand him now. And see, here's the thing. Jesus told stories because by telling stories, he knew that they would inspire emotion and they would address certain feelings that people have. And these are feelings that whether you have been coming to church a long time, or whether you're maybe a brand new first-time guest tonight, or maybe you were here for the first time last week at our summer kickoff, it doesn't matter how long you've been in church or how long you haven't, these are emotions that we all experience, because they're human emotion. Things like feelings of inadequacy or not measuring up, or maybe feelings of insecurity, just not being very sure of yourself, or feeling of, of the feeling of not being noticed. Right? We all deal with some of these types of feelings and emotions, or maybe even the feeling of, of not being or not feeling appreciated. Maybe feeling undervalued, or maybe feeling insignificant. And here's what I don't want to do. I don't want this to be Debbie Downer talk, right? But these are emotions that, if we're honest with ourselves, we've probably felt some of these things at some point in our life. And these are the, some of the most personal feelings that we could ever feel. Sort of like the idea of, of almost feeling less than. Like when we feel inadequate or we, we feel insecure, when we feel unnoticed, we, we kind of feel less than the people around us. We feel like the people around us are better than we are. I remember when I was in the seventh grade, right, I, uh, I tried out for the basketball team and, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I thought, literally, I thought, dude, I had one of the best tryouts on the team. I mean, I was like the guy who wasn't super talented, I know that's hard to imagine, okay, wasn't super talented, but I was like hustling like no, nobody else on the team. I was crashing the boards, which means every time there was a shot, I was going to the rebound, getting the rebound, fighting for the rebound, fighting for the ball, trying to hustle my way to make up for the lack of talent, right? And so I'm thinking, man, I'm having a good tryout. Man, I'm, I'm running harder than anybody else. I'm playing harder than anybody else. Man, I want this. I want to make the team more than anybody else wants to make the team. And so then one day I was in my health class, and my health teacher was Coach Cash. Coach Cash was the basketball coach. Yeah, Coach Cash. And so he called me into his office, and I'm thinking, walking in, I'm thinking, all right, cool. He's going to tell me I made the team. You know, he sits me down, sits me down on the couch in the office and says, you know, Stephen's son. And this is what he said. I'm not kidding. Stephen's son, I really appreciate you trying out for the basketball team, Right? You know, you know, you know, you know, Stephen, when I think about you, 
When I think about you, this is, this is, what, I, this is what I think. I think, man, I want to see Stephen excel in the sport of football. And it was like, so does that mean that I made the team? He's like, no, you didn't make the basketball team this year. But, but I think you're going to be a really good football player, right? So that was kind of how it happened. That was the story. And I was feeling a little less than the people on my team. Because when I saw who actually made the team, man, it was tough. Like, I struggled for a few weeks. Maybe you guys can relate to that. You've tried out for a team. You didn't make it. I know for me, feelings like I didn't cut it, feelings like I just wasn't good enough, maybe I didn't measure up to the talent on the team. And so, man, it was tough, and feeling those feelings can happen to you too. And I think maybe if you're honest, you can relate, maybe not the same story. And while the story and the circumstances might be different, the reaction is also different too. I mean, sometimes when we face with these types of feelings, right, what we tend to do is we tend to look at things like, um, you know, we, we attempt to be someone we're not. So we, we, put a, we put a fake mask on and act like everything is okay. Act like we're doing just great when inside, man, we're really bothered. We're really struggling, right? Or sometimes we, the, what we do when, we, when we're faced with these types of feelings is we act like we just don't really care that much. Like, ah, oh, you know what, man? I mean, I tried out for basketball, but who cares? It's all good. I mean, and so we do that to kind of fake or kind of shield, right, from what we're really, really experiencing in our, in our life. And here's the thing. Um, I had a mixture of those things in seventh grade. A lot of times I would act fake around people, or I would have no idea what I just said, but I would either act fake, or I would choose to act like I just didn't really care. And the reality is, I did care. The truth is that I cared a a whole, whole lot, right? And even when we make ourselves feel like we don't care about it, or when we make things make people around us feel like it was no big deal, right? The truth of the matter is that it really doesn't change the way that you feel and it doesn't change the way that I feel. It doesn't really do anything about the feeling that we have or the feeling that we're experiencing. And so how do we manage these feelings? And Jesus actually, Jesus actually spoke to these things. When he was telling these stories and telling these parables, he actually spoke to how do you deal with feelings like this, feelings of unnoticed, feelings of insignificant. How do you deal with things like this? And here's what's cool about Jesus. When Jesus would gather around people and he would tell these stories, a crowd would flock to him. And oftentimes, Jesus would draw in two of the most opposite groups of people. So on the one side, he would draw in these guys that the Bible refers to as Pharisees. And the Pharisees were these guys that thought they were better than they really were. That they were all about themselves, man. They bragged about themselves. They bragged about the knowledge and the intellect that they had. They knew the gospel. They knew the law. But they would look down on other people and they would make fun of other people, right? And so they were kind of these holier-than-thou 
type of guys. And then Jesus would also attract what we would call outcasts. And they were outcasts because maybe they were sick and people would declare them unclean and so no one wanted to be around them. Maybe they were were outcasts because of lifestyle decisions and choices that they made. Right, And so they got themselves into a bad place in life, into a place where they didn't want to really want to be. But when Jesus would tell these stories, he would attract both of these types of people or these groups of people, and they were obviously the opposite. And so the Pharisees all the time just looked down and treated the outcasts as though they were less than. And maybe you guys have felt like someone in your own life has treated you before like you were less than. But this is how the Pharisees would treat the outcasts, but Jesus was way, way different. And see, what was cool is that the outcasts, these people, man, they wanted to hang out with Jesus because Jesus was different. Jesus had treated them differently than anybody else who had anything to do with religion in their entire life. He was different because he loved them. He was different because he accepted them, even in their mistakes and even in that feeling of inadequacy or feeling bad for something they had done or the guilt that they had experienced in their life. Jesus would always love on them, teach them, train them, walk around with them, spend time with them. It was really, really awesome. And see, the thing is, is these people felt the same way that sometimes we feel. They felt insecure. They felt insignificant. They felt overlooked, right? But he made them feel accepted. Jesus made them feel accepted. And the same is true for you, and the same is true for me. And here's the thing. There's not a formula out there that just makes you feel great about yourself and great about your life all the time. It's just it doesn't exist, right? But at the same time, Jesus goes out of his way, and I want you to see tonight in a parable, if you will, or a story, right, that there is a truth that applies to all of us in this room through this story. And here's my hope for you tonight. It's very simple. My hope for you tonight is that you would understand a little bit more about the way God loves you than you did when you walked in tonight. So tonight, the story that we're going to look at in a few moments is Jesus refers to a shepherd and his sheep. And see, he talks about being a good shepherd. And here's the thing about the shepherd and the sheep. What you have to understand is the single most important job or role, if you will, for a shepherd and his sheep was he was the one to watch over the flock, to care for the flock, to go before the flock, to protect the flock. And just this morning in my time reading the Bible, I read a passage that I want to share with you because I want to give you a picture of what a shepherd does and what a shepherd looks like in the Scripture. Take, check this out on the, on the screen. Proverbs chapter 2, it says this. He holds success in store for the upright. In other words, this is what it reminded me of. God holds the world in his hands. And his world is your world. Everything in your life God holds your life in his hands. As the shepherd, he holds your life in his hands. And then it says, he is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. God shields us from worldly things. Now, sometimes 
we put down that shield. And we indulge in worldly things. And it gets us to a place where we don't want to be. God still loves us through it. But God shields us from worldly things. Then it says this. He guards the course of the just. He guards us. God is a shepherd in a sense that he guards you. He guards your life. And then it says this. He protects the way of his faithful ones. He protects you. He protects you from harm. He keeps you safe. He keeps you secure. That doesn't always mean that tough things don't come to your life and tough things, and you don't go through tough situations, because you will. But even in the tough times, even in the challenging times, God guards you, God protects you. That's what he does as a shepherd. And I want you to think about that picture in your mind, the shepherd and his sheep. A shepherd holds, he shields, he guards, he protects. So take, take that picture, and I want you to think about, we're going to read a story together, a parable together. And if you've got a Bible, I'd love for you to open to page 1075. That's where we're going to be, page 1075. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. If you have a different Bible other than the one in here, it's going to be John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And again, this is a story, a parable that Jesus is telling people. And there are less thans and better thans. There are Pharisees and there are outcasts listening to what Jesus is saying. And here's how it starts. It says, I am, chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. First off, it's very important that you understand Jesus, right out of the gate, establishes himself as the good shepherd, right? He is the one who cares for his sheep. He is the one who guards you, who protects you. He is the one, as it says, sacrifices his life for the sheep. He cares a lot about you. Maybe you came here tonight, first Wednesday of summer, just to be told that Jesus cares a lot about you. Maybe you don't believe that. And I want you to know it's true. He cares very much for you. And then it says this. It says, the hired hand, verse 12 and 13, the hired hand is not the shepherd, and he does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, the wolf being the enemy of the sheep, He abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Think about what Jesus is saying. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But this other guy, he sees the wolf coming, and he runs away like a little girl crying. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not a little girl. Sorry. No offense. But he runs away. He's afraid. He doesn't care about the sheep. He doesn't care about protecting them or guarding them or shielding them from harm. He cares only about himself, right? But then Jesus says it again. He says, I, Jesus, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. So Jesus says that he knows the sheep, he knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. That, that the sheep actually know his voice. Can you guys think, I mean, you guys know the voice of a parent or a guardian, right? Raise your hand if you know the voice of a parent or guardian. You know that voice. Or, thank God you don't have to hear it right now, but you know the voice of your homeroom teacher, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
All right? Or, hey, you know the voice. Listen, when the morning announcements start at school, you know that voice. You know what I'm saying? You know that voice. What Jesus is saying here, listen, don't lose it. Jesus is saying, listen, listen, listen. My sheep, they know my voice. Because I know them and they know me. Listen to this. Listen to this. Even if you're not a sheep of God tonight, if you have never said yes to Christ, and you will have that opportunity tonight to do that, but if you're in here and you've never made that decision, you know something, God knows you just as well as he knows his sheep. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about how well he knows you. The Bible says he knows before you're going to stand when you stand. The Bible says that he knows a word that's going to come out of your mouth before you even say it. Sometimes you probably wish that God would just put his hand over your mouth, like, don't you? Thanks for your honesty. The Bible says that he knows everything there is to know about you. He says that he knows your innermost being. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. He knows your soul. He knows you. He knows you, and he loves you. And the Bible says this, I lay down my life for the sheep. He knows when you don't feel noticed. He knows when you feel insignificant. He knows how you feel when you don't make the team. When you don't measure up according to whoever is being the judge. He knows the innermost parts of everything. He also knows when we make mistakes. He knows when we make a bad decision. And it says that he lays down his life for the sheep. And then let's read this last passage, verse 16. I have other sheep that are not in the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. See, Jesus says here that there are sheep that exist that are not yet with me. They're not yet in my sheep pen. Now, when Jesus is saying, my sheep, these are people that have chosen to follow Christ. If you're in here tonight and you say, yes, I have made the decision to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of my heart. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but I have made that decision. I'm a follower of Christ. What that means for you is that you are a sheep in his pasture, in his pen. But what Jesus says is there are sheep that exist. Some of you in this room, you're not in that sheep pen yet. And I want you to listen to what he says about it. He says, I must bring them to. In other words, Jesus, his desire is to go into other sheep pens of the world, if you will. And gather the ones that are not his and bring them to him. That he is on a relentless pursuit for your life. He chases after you. And I know that some of you may be in here tonight and the whole God thing is hard for you. It's hard for you to even believe to be true. Maybe your life has been one wreck after another. Not physically, not a wreck in a car, but maybe something has happened bad to you and over and over and over and you can't seem to catch a break and you're like, well, where is God at in all of this? 
And while I can't answer those questions, what I can answer is that Jesus is on pursuit of you. That he wants you in his sheep pen. And here's the truth. Here's the bottom line of tonight. God is, God never, excuse me, stops running after you. God never, ever stops running after you. What Jesus says is, I have to go out of my sheep pen. I have to go find the ones that are not a part of my sheep pen, and I have to bring them back. I have to bring them so that they can be with me where I am. In other words, I have to descend from heaven and come down to earth and be born of a virgin and never sin and never do anything wrong or make any mistakes, but then I have to sacrifice my own life, be nailed to a cross, and have nails driven into my hands and feet so that these other sheep who are not with me in my sheep pen, so that they can be. And I want you to know that's what Jesus did for you. Once upon a time, there was this man who gave his life in exchange for yours. And if you're not paying attention to what I'm saying, then I want you to stop what you're doing. But once upon a time, there was this man who gave his life so that you could be a part of his sheep pen. It's an incredible story. And what Jesus is trying to illustrate to these people is, listen, listen, listen. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what you've been through, what you haven't faced, what you have. God never, ever, ever stops running after you. He never stops chasing you. And the reality is that we can choose to go through life seeing ourselves through our emotions and our feelings, or we can go through life understanding, despite of those things, that God is chasing us. And that His desire is for us to be with Him in His sheep pen. And so here's what this means tonight as we wrap up. Here's an action step tonight. I think for all of us, the do of tonight is to repent. Repent simply means to turn away from sin and turn back to God. Turn your life in the right direction. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. That was a hymn that I used to sing when I was growing up in church. Turning away from the lifestyle we're currently living and instead taking a turn and turning back to God. Turning back to being who God wants us to be. And some of us, we just need to say, man, I want to be in his sheep pen. I want to be one of his sheep. I want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of my life. And this is what Jesus is saying in this parable. He goes after lost things. See, when we're not in his sheep pen, we're lost. It's, it's really that simple. If you've ever been around sheep, they get lost pretty easily. They're not the smartest animal on the planet, right? You know, we're not very smart sometimes either. And God is always running after us. He's always chasing after us. He never stops chasing after you. So tonight, I think what we all need to do is change. That's what repentance is. It's just, it's just a change in our heart, not necessarily a behavioral change, but just a heart 
change. And I know in a room like this, there's really three things that could be true of you. Or three action steps or three do's, if you will. And here, here's the first one. If you're in here tonight and you think that something you have done disqualifies you from God's love, you need to repent of that. And the reason why is because it's not true. There is nothing that you could do that would disqualify you from God's love. He's constantly running after you. And so maybe what you need to do is change the way that you see God. Change the way that you see God. Or maybe tonight, if you're in here and you think that God doesn't see you, that God doesn't notice you, that God doesn't appreciate you or value, value you, then you need to repent of that because that's not true. And maybe you need to change the way that you think that God sees you. And maybe you're in here tonight and you feel like you're better than people that you see as less than. I mean, if you're honest, you, you almost are kind of like a Pharisee where you look down on people that are not as good as you or in your mind that you don't think are as good as you. And so tonight, maybe you need to change the way that you see other people. Maybe you need to repent and change your heart attitude about the way you're seeing people and maybe even some of the people in this room. Maybe you're kind of arguing with somebody in this room and maybe tonight you need to just repent of that and say you're sorry for that. But even if you're still wondering, even if you're considered lost, that you're not in God's sheep pen, even if you're trying to still figure out the whole God thing and what he thinks about you, as you're still working the, through the feelings of insignificance or feelings of insecurity, of being unimportant, of being overlooked, this is what I want you to remember. What feels true about you isn't true. What may feel true is not true. What may feel like the world is crumbling around you, God, God's word says he guards you and guides you and secures you. God is looking for you. God is after you. He wants you to be found. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to take your place. And so Perhaps the Bible, what the Bible says that is true about us, it says that we're chosen. The Bible says that you are a chosen generation. The Bible says that you are significant. Just because you're you, you are significant to God. The Bible says that you matter. Maybe you feel like you don't. The Bible says that you're worth it, that you're never a lost cause. And so as Jesus tells this story, as he tells this parable, right, he tells it because he wants us to know tonight simply this, the shepherd guards and guides the sheep, loves the sheep, goes after the sheep, even the sheep that are not his, he goes and he brings them back to his sheep pen so that they can be where he is. 
And here's how we're going to respond tonight. We're going to have a song that our band's going to come up and play. And here, here's what I want to do tonight. Some of you are in here tonight, and what you would say is, if you're being honest, you are not in God's sheep pen. You're not a part of the family of God. And tonight, I want you to have an opportunity to make that decision. I want you to have an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And what that simply means is that you would be willing to admit that you've made mistakes, that you believe in Jesus, that you desire that he would come in and change you from the inside out, save your life, make you more like himself, allow you to be a part of his sheep pen. And so tonight, the action step is really, really simple for you. If you're here tonight and you want to accept Christ into your life, then this is what I'm going to ask. During this song, I'm just going to go stand at that cross in the back of the room. It's a big white cross. You can't miss it. And if that's you tonight, you want to say, man, I want to be in God's sheep pen. I just want you to meet me at the back of the room at that cross. That's all you got to do. The song starts to play. You just meet me in the back of the room. Really simple. And maybe tonight you've made that decision. And so like we talked about our three action steps, maybe you need to change the way that you see God. Here's your action step during this song. If you're in here tonight, you would say, man, I need to change the way that I see God. I I do feel like maybe there's something I've done that's disqualified me from his love. This is what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to just talk to God. And I want you to say, God, just tell him how you feel. God, because of this, I just feel like I'm not good enough for you. And, and, and I know that's not true because that's not what the, that's, the Bible says, that you accept me as I am. And so God, help me to believe that. Simple, just pray to him, just talk to him. God, help me to believe that you do accept me. Right? Or maybe you need to change the way that you believe God sees you. You feel insignificant even to God. You feel insecure even when it comes to God. You feel unimportant or unnoticed. And so maybe tonight for you, as you sit or stand, maybe you just need to talk to God and ask God to reveal to you, God, will you just, will you help me to better understand how you see me? How you actually look at me? Because God already knows where and why you feel insecure and insignificant. And so just talk to him and say, God, help me to see how you see me. And maybe you need to change the way that you see others. Maybe tonight your action step is that you need to go to someone in this room and you need to say, listen, I'm sorry for what I said about you. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm, you know, whatever. And yeah, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to admit when you're wrong or when they're wrong. It's not always easy to be the bigger person, but maybe that's what you need to do tonight. This is what I'm going to ask, is over the next few moments, we're stepping into a sacred time. And what this time means, I want to coach you a little bit. What this time means is this is not, this song is not an invitation for you to talk with your neighbor. It's not an invitation to get on your cell phone. It's an invitation for you to 
interact, connect with God in a deeper way. For some of you, you need to be a part of his sheep pen. So I want you to meet me at the cross. For some of you, you need to change the way that you believe God thinks about you. Or change the way that you think God sees you. Or the way you see God. Some of you need to change the way you look at others. So however God encourages you to move, and we want to welcome you to stand with us and sing with us and worship. But if you need to kind of spend time in prayer, you can kind of use this front section. I know there's no chairs in here anyway, but feel free to use this as an altar. Feel free to pray with your group or your group of friends if you guys want to gather together and pray for one another. Whatever you want to do to connect with God in this moment, that's what I want to encourage you to do. So let's pray together, and we'll jump into that. God, thank you. Thank you that parables that you would tell, stories that you would tell, illustrate so well how much you love us, God, that you are constantly running after us. And I just pray tonight for this room. God, I know that in a room like this, there's all kinds of students. There's the ones that are not in your sheep pen. Then there's others that just simply need a heart change. So God, I pray that whatever it is, that you would do whatever you need to do in this room, that you would have your way in this place as we sing this song, that this song would be pleasing to you, God, and that you would help us to connect with you 